You are listening to Two Rare Mama Bears, a Cure CMD podcast where we discuss all things congenital muscular dystrophy and rare disease. I am Maddie Manley, a Pacific Northwest mom to an adorable son with CMD. And I am Megan Meyer, a Midwest mom to a sweet daughter with CMD. Together, we are Two Rare Mama Bears. We hope to share with you challenges, struggles, triumphs, and accolades in the congenital muscular dystrophy and rare disease community while learning and growing along the way. For everybody out there, today we are talking to Liam Miller, a sophomore at Temple University in Pennsylvania, and we're going to talk to him a little bit about young adult life and transitioning to college. How are you doing this morning, Liam? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Doing good. I guess it's afternoon over there, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, a little bit late in the afternoon. <laughs> so we're, we're crossing three time zones to accomplish yeah, this yeah. today. So Liam, hey, will you tell us about yourself, your journey with Cure CMD and or CMD as a whole? Sure. So I have uh, congenital muscular dystrophy, obviously, because I would not be on this podcast otherwise. <laughs> but I have uh, Ulrich muscular dystrophy. I guess the name has changed over the years. I'm 20. I live in, in Philadelphia right now. Uh, I'm, I'm at Temple University uh, studying computer science. And, you know, I've, I'm managing, so it's all good. So Ulrich is under the Collagen 6 subtype? Yeah, yeah Collagen 6 deficiency. Got it. And you were first diagnosed as a baby? Yeah, a couple months old. Okay. Growing up for you... Were you ambulatory at any point, or have you always known some sort of mobility device? Yeah, so I walked, struggled mainly until I was about eight or nine. I guess fourth grade was when I got my first power chair. But for the most part, it was, you know, I, I could sort of walk. I could, I, I didn't really have a great range of motion or anything like that. Uh, strength was always obviously weaker than most other kids. But, you know, I got by, and uh, once I got my power chair, it kind of, dropped off and then plateaued ever since then. You, in the last few years, moved off to college at yeah. Temple. Great transition. So tell us how that transition went, what moving out was like, mm -hmm. how you found your own independence. Yeah, so it's not always smooth. Like right away, I didn't really expect it to be super smooth, but it definitely went a lot easier than I thought it would uh, going from high school to college. Um, and I guess I would attribute most of that to you know my parents and them just being very honest with me and you know promoting my independence at a young age uh making me aware that I wasn't gonna sit at home in the basement forever and you know I needed to get out and be a human being which was nice um so that definitely made the transition from high school to college a lot smoother and it's been it's like I said it's not always been smooth but it's for the most part been pretty pretty decent um ever since I got here so but you know I'm still learning it's not not perfect, but, you know, we're still figuring it out. What kind of things have you had to, I guess, adjust to or learn being on campus versus at home? Well, it, most of it is, is stuff you really don't think about when you're, when you're thinking about it. Um, you know, it's not stuff that comes to you right away. It's kind of, it's things that you have to figure out by doing it yourself, you know, managing your time between classes and, eating right and you know working out when you can and friends stuff like that that's you know sometimes you think it might be easier than it is and then you do it and it's just not as smooth as you might imagine so stuff like that and 
figuring out nursing, you know, when I was in high school and before that, I never really had attendance in high school. I never needed that assistance. I could do most of that myself. So figuring that out once I got from high school to college uh, and having nurses too, that was a whole experience, not relying on my parents for, for their assistant, you know, assisting me with things and, and stuff like that. So most of that is definitely, that was the biggest transition, but it's not, it's not as daunting as you might imagine. Uh, we might talk about this later, but I went to, to MDA camp for, for 12 years and, you know, you, you go away for a week and, you know, you don't see your parents at all, which is rewarding in a way. And it's very freeing because you, you're forced to rely on sometimes strangers, people you don't really know, uh, to help you with things that you might otherwise find, you know, asking people to be uncomfortable, uh, you know, helping you in the bathroom, helping you shower, that kind of stuff. So doing that at a young age and just being comfortable to, to ask other people for assistance really, uh, I think, promoted independence in, in the biggest way. I think that's a good skill, being able to advocate for yourself. Yeah, definitely. Share with us a little bit about just some of that financial transition. I know that you have a strong support system of people around you that are peers similar to you, but maybe a few years older to, older than you that you've been able to learn from, but help share some of that knowledge with our listeners. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, one of the biggest things, and I guess in the transition from, you know, being a kid to a teenager to being a, an adult is really relying on the people in the community around you. I've been a part of, you know, CMD and Cure CMD since it started and even before that. So I've come to know a lot of people, you know, some older than me, some younger than me who have been through similar experiences. And they've definitely helped show me which way to go and what things to do, what things not to do. So in that sense, it's been good to have those kind of people around me. And uh, like you said, with my support system, I definitely have very, you know, important people in my life, like my parents who have pushed me to, to get an education and to be out in the world. And it's definitely, it's definitely been good because if I didn't know those kind of people, those types of people in my life, I don't think I would have been as comfortable to, to move out and to, to get a life really, I guess is the best way to put it. That's definitely been something good. And, you know, for your second part of your question for financial, you know, having, there's a a company called, or I guess they're not a company, but they work with the government, OVR, the Office of Vocational Rehab. Their main goal is to help you with employment, something I've never been a part of yet. But, you know, as I get into my later years of college and uh, start to think about graduation and stuff like that, they're going to be quite essential, I, I would imagine, in trying to find jobs and, and to, to help with accessible jobs and, you know, getting things like desks or transportation or stuff like that. So those are some things that they might do in the future. But at the moment, they definitely have helped with the transition to college as well with financial. They, they help pay some of my tuition, which is really nice. They've offered out SEPTA passes, which is our train system here in Philadelphia and the bus system here. They've definitely been a big help and I, and I would recommend that to everybody. You said you've told us that SSI was a help and that's something you did prior to turning 18? Yeah, I did SSI pretty early. Again, that was something I learned from people who've done it before me. Definitely to do things ahead of time would be something I recommend. You know, once you figure it out, get get on it as soon as you can because you know these resources aren't always as obvious to everybody and they're often hidden. So when you when you find them, definitely definitely do it ahead of time because you don't want to wait on and miss out on these kind of features. But with SSI, it's, it's been a huge help with 
mainly buying food, uh, at least for this semester. I was on the, uh, the meal plan here for a while. So, you know, you go to the, the cafeteria, you get a certain amount of meals per week. But this current semester that I'm in right now is the first time I've kind of been all, all on my own to find my own meals and, you know, figure out my own food. So having SSI where they, you know, they send you a check every month uh, is really awesome because I don't really have to worry about finding a job right now or, you know, going home to my parents, begging them for money or anything like that. It's, uh, so it's, it's worked out. I think one of the smart things you just said was start that early mm-hmm. so that when you are 18 and are, I guess, financially, legally, could be out on your own, that it, that's already in place. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, these, these processes don't go quickly ever. Like there's always, there's always an issue. There's always a hiccup, something like that along the way. It's never going to go smoothly. But like you said, if you do it, if you do it ahead of time, by the time you're 18, you know, this, this will probably be in place. And it's only going to benefit you in the long run, for sure. You talked a little bit about transportation and having a bus pass and a train pass. Is that how you mostly get around town and everything? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, everything around uh, my campus is pretty pretty close by. There's like a it's like a five by five block radius on campus. So if I need and everything I really need is you know within wheelchair driving distance, you know, grocery store, food, all that. But whenever I do need to go home, I go home on weekends every now and then because my parents live about an hour away from where I am right now. Um, I just take, you know, the regional rail, which is about an hour train ride. And again, that's not always, I mean, it it definitely works and it's, it's could be a lot worse, but it's never, it's never as easy as you would imagine. You know, always sometimes there's always an issue like, some trains are not always accessible or, you know, if you get on the train, sometimes the conductor forgets to let you off and that's an issue. Um, but for the most part, it's always been, it's always, it's been positive, I, I would imagine. So you had a, talking about going home, you had a good tip for mm-hmm. the listeners of what you found works out to make going between home and college relatively seamless for you. Yeah. So I guess this depends on where you live and, how far away you are from college, but if you are trying to move out and trying to, you know, not be close to home in any way, I would really recommend getting two of everything that's important to you. So, you know, I have a Hoyer lift here. I have a shower chair. Um, I have a BiPAP here that I use and I have duplicates of all that at home. So, you know, if I ever need to go home on the weekend, I don't have to, you know, drag a Hoyer lift behind me on the train or something, something crazy like that. So it makes, it, may, it makes it easier for me and, of course, on my parents because they don't have to, you know, drive down here, come and get me, get all the important stuff, and then drive me back home and then do the same thing coming back. So uh, it just saves a lot of time, saves a lot of headaches. Um, and that was another thing that we did ahead of time. Uh, we started getting a shower chair almost a year before I went to college. And it, <laughs> I think we got it, like, the week before I, I went. So it's stuff like that that, you know, takes forever to get. But as long as you're doing it ahead of time, you know, you really shouldn't have that many issues. What would you say would be your top three tips for other young adults heading to college or transitioning out of their parents' house? Yeah. I mean, I would, I would recommend in high school for sure to be try and be as independent as you can. That was kind of where I started to practice being independent and advocating for myself. And, you know, I did talk to my nurses and, um, people in the office to get things, you know, accommodated for me. 
So that was a really big factor. Um, like I said, doing things ahead of time, being confident with your decisions. Independence is not, it's not always easy, but it is completely worth it in the long run. Like, you know, I can't imagine being at home right now with my parents. I think I would go crazy. Um, so, good, you know, it's good to be, it's good to be here and live on, living on my own and figuring things out on the fly and figuring out how to do things myself. And I would imagine those would be my two biggest for sure. Liam, you've um, shared with us about the health aides or home health yep. staff that you have that come in and how important that was for you as a transitional resource. Yeah. So can you share how you went about finding them, what types of services they help you with, and just what mm-hmm. that looks like for you? Yeah, so I guess I started with friends who had, had already started in college. Uh, luckily, I had a friend who lived about 10 minutes away from where I am and now, and he went to college in Philadelphia as well. So I basically just stole his, uh, the companies he worked with and went from there. I probably started the the process about a year before I went to college. And then that summer before it, we just, my, my mom and I just basically spent the whole summer meeting uh, potential people who might be working with me and trying to figure out, you know, what kind of nurses I like, you know, who I liked, which companies I like, that kind of thing. And then once you get them, you just kind of have to go with it and see. I mean, for me, I just kind of did it on the fly. And, you know, I, I had a couple issues here and there where, you know, I had to, drop one guy here and then drop another nurse there but for the most part I've been pretty lucky I've had the same two nurses pretty much since a month after I started college which was you know almost two years ago now so in some ways I definitely lucked into finding the right people but if I had to recommend anything uh, find a, find companies that work for you and find ones that are flexible too because I mean I'm a pretty flexible guy so during the day I really don't need all that much uh, I can do most of most of what I need to do by myself. But at the same time, you know, I found a company that was willing to hire a friend of mine to work with me five days a week. So you might not always find people that the company provides that work for you. So, you know, sometimes the company might offer person that you like to work for them. So that, that was what worked out for me, which is really nice. Yeah. I would, I would just, I would just recommend doing it. Like I said earlier, doing it ahead of time. Uh, being thorough, asking a lot of questions when you meet these people. You know, the people that they set up with you, they don't really, they don't know you. They're just picking people out of a hat essentially and giving them to you. And, you know, then you go go and meet them and all that. So definitely ask questions, try and figure out what kind of people you like to work with and just be thorough with how you go about things. So what types of supports do they, do, are they helping with transfers? Are they, what, how do they help you? Yeah. So during the day, my attendance during the day, kind of, I would like, they, they help with transfers and stuff like that. And if I need to in the bathroom, but most of the work is done by my night nurses. So they're here from about 8, 8 PM to 8 AM. So they help, you know, getting in bed, getting up in the morning, getting dressed, getting showered, bathroom, that kind of stuff, pretty much just getting me ready for the day and helping me in bed. You know, those are obviously two really important resources that I need. Um, right. I've never, I really haven't had that many issues with them, which is good. Probably had to figure out scheduling and. Yeah. Scheduling is a big one. That's also part of time management and trying to figure out what works for you and your schedule. And, you know, if I have a test this day, then when is my attendant going to show up? And, you know, I'm going to be home this weekend. So I got to 
Uh, talk to the company and tell them why they weren't on the timesheet for that weekend and just little things like that where he, that's all part of the independence, I guess, is trying mm-hmm. to figure out how to manage other people. It's a good skill to have as you transition into the workforce too. Yeah, for sure. And it's something I didn't have in high school. Like I never had nursing at home uh, and I never had attendance during the day. It was pretty much all of my parents. And in some ways that was good because that allowed them to promote my independence because they could just back off and help me with things I definitely needed help with, but also just kind of forced me to do things they know I could do myself. But, you know, when I come to college, it was trying to figure all that out without them and trying to figure out how to tell people how to help you and, you know, not being afraid to ask people for help and stuff like that. Definitely a learning experience, but all positive learning experiences. Can you tell us a little bit about what kind of hobbies you have and what groups and stuff you're involved with at school or outside of school? Yeah. So here at school, I don't really do much because it's all homework all the time. Um, (laughs) On weekends, I I play for a wheelchair hockey team here in Philadelphia. And I have a, I would say a pretty large responsibility on that team. Uh, I've been part of the team for probably 11 years now. So that takes up a big chunk of my life. Uh, We travel. Uh, this summer we're going to to Michigan to play. So for the most part, that's my main hobby. You know, I hang out with friends. Like I mentioned earlier, most of my friends are from MDA camp. So I still keep in touch with them. Uh, video games, I guess, every now and then, whenever I have time. And watching the Flyers here, ice hockey team. Any other tips or takeaways that you want to talk about? Um, I, I guess I mentioned this in my description, but really, I guess just leaning on the people around you and, you know, QRCMB is a really great resource for a lot of people. For me, it's a little bit different because I've been around so long. So I know, I know so many people here. Um, and I know so many people in the community already. So it was like never really something I needed to lean on for stuff because I already had people around me who I've established as close friends and stuff like that. But definitely for new families, uh, who are part of this community, just don't be afraid to ask other people in this community for questions and lean on each other for stuff like that. Because most of my transition to college was based on things that other people have already done. It was never really, not something I would consider like a pioneer. You know, I, I don't consider myself a pioneer in that aspect. It was more of a copycat type of situation. But yeah, I would just, I would recommend just, you know, reaching out to people, talking to people, discussing uh, asking questions, those are the, the big things. And being an advocate for yourself is huge. Awesome. I think your perspective that you've shared with us today is helpful because it's giving a broader age range to hear from, as well as some great useful tips that some high schoolers and their parents can yeah. be able to apply. Um, we will share your social media links within ours so okay. that like you said they can people can reach out to you too and you can help to start give advice giving advice uh, maybe one-on-one if anyone needs it absolutely that's why i'm here happy to help thank you so much liam for spending some time with us today and letting us get to know you and share your story with all of our listeners absolutely thank you for having me happy to be here Thanks for joining us and listening to Two Rare Mama Bears, a Cure CMD podcast, where these two mama bears will leave no stone unturned because failure is not an option. This podcast is nothing without you, our listeners. We welcome your feedback and topic suggestions. Please interact with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you will find us, Two Rare Mama Bears. 
please subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications of new episodes and give us a rating or review. We would like to thank the talented individuals who keep us on task and make this podcast sound great. Luke Manley and Justin Meyer, respectively. The views expressed in this recording do not represent the opinion of Cure CMD or your podcast provider. Medical research, legal, or financial opinions or advice expressed in this podcast should not be substituted or interpreted as professional advice. Please consult your healthcare provider or other appropriate professional regarding any health-related or other concerns.